bourbonblog.com. Good evening. And it's Colin Spoolman here uh, joining us from Kings County Distillery. We're talking about the, well, several new things. You always have a lot of great things, Colin. But we're going to start with uh, the coffee whiskey, which um, you recently released. How's everything been at Kings County there, my friend? Very good. Very good. And obviously, American whiskey is in a very exciting place. Craft whiskey is in a very exciting place. I think a lot of people um, have <laughs> spent the lockdowns discovering American whiskey. And here we are um, now enjoying all these new sort of this new audience that um, is around. Um, also, bars and restaurants are back. And so yeah. one of uh, the exciting things with this particular re release in New York, um, obviously, the espresso martini has taken yes. um, the country by, by fire. And, uh, you know, within the espresso martini, there's a lot of um, opportunity to play. And <clears throat> there really aren't a lot of coffee-oriented spirits. I mean, obviously, there's Kahlua. Right. Mr. Black, which is which is an alternative, but those are both liqueurs, right? And so we said, let's let's try and figure out how to do a coffee whiskey. And so this is uh, unaged whiskey. It's some aged whiskey, and it is then proofed down to eighty percent with cold brew. You're using so cold brew to proof it down. Yeah. So it, with most whiskeys, you'll proof it down with uh, you know. Um, you know your 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 mineral water, your um, uh, your 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 finest filtered um, right. water, and but in in this case we just use cold brew from Parlor Coffee. So Parlor Coffee is uh, has always been a, a friend of ours. They're a neighbor to us in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, um, mm. and they're one of the sort of you know I think um, they have the same attention to detail that we do. They're interested in the source of their th the the source and process of coffee making in the ways that we are interested in um, the ingredients and processes of distilling, and so um, you know, and and not to say that we didn't try a bunch of different coffees, but but maybe not a huge surprise that we landed on um, our our closest <laughs> our closest neighbors and it's our closest local coffee, sort of right? Ideologically oriented uh, friends at Parlor Coffee. Cool. And so, um, so, so that's what it is. So it's it's their um, cold brew, um, and I'm I'm not going to be able to replicate the source of the beans, but um, you can go to our website at kingscountydistillery.com, and um, we have a little bit more information about this coffee whiskey. Sure, it's got a little bit of sugar in it, so it's not. Um, mm. um, it has this beautiful sort of graham coffee whiskey oh yeah um a little hint of sweetness but not overly so not as much as a liqueur yes um, and drinks almost like a straight whiskey and so yeah you know i mean in in so it's it's that's its sort of positioning um can work an espresso martini can work as an after dinner sort of sipper um you know with your cigar or whatever and um we were we were comparing it internally to uh, Madeira, that sort of like after dinner, very rich um, fortified wine. Um, you know, it just it just it has that sort of potency of flavor because there's really not a lot of water in it. It's really just coffee and whiskey, coffee uh, and whiskey. in ways that um, are hard to pull off if you're just mixing, you know, spirits or in a cocktail. This is really 
even going into the spirit itself, um, there's not a lot of water added. It's yeah, I see what you the Madeira, the 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 more old world wines, you get mm -hmm. some of that viscosity. You have the okay, so I have a, a this is uh your your original bourbon that I poured right here. Take a look at that color difference. In your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so serious. You can tell that you basically had some age and unaged whiskeys of varying ages, mm -hmm. you're proofing mm -hmm. it down. What's the proof it starts out at? 120, 130-ish? Uh, yeah, even even higher than that, 130. If you aggregate the aged whiskeys and the yeah. unaged whiskeys, the unaged whiskeys are about 140. The aged whiskeys are going to be around 120. So, right. yeah, you got, maybe, let's say 125, 130. Uh, and then you prove it down with a cold brew, a little bit of sugar. Um, and it's very, you know, it's not overwhelmingly coffee even. Like you might have a sip of it and say, Oh, there's a there's a chocolatiness to it. There is kind of um, nice cocoa, you know. creaminess. You said it, you did you say a little graham cracker note? Is that what I heard? You yeah, say? yeah. The graham cracker. The grain comes through nicely in it, but so so does this beautiful, uh, uh, nice sweetness. It's not like syrupy sweet. It's a beautiful sweetness. How does that mm -hmm. look? Okay, so I know if we're if we had a you know a glass of whiskey and we poured coffee into it, we we're having like an Irish coffee or a Brooklyn coffee. I know what that would look like. When you're doing it in a big batch, or I know it's not a huge batch, how does that work? Let's paint that picture for us. How does that look? Well, that's the thing. An Irish coffee uh, is a is a wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's it's like a mint julep. It's it's like a it's only three ingredients, you know. But right. you have to kind of get everything sort of precisely correct for it to all work, because otherwise right. it can fall apart pretty fast. And so I give full credit to Nathan, uh, who's on our staff, Nathan Reinke, who really de developed this whiskey um, and comes from bartending. I mean, he's he's a works has worked for really noted bartenders in the city and I think learned that craft. And then but also has been um, sort of simultaneously in our blending department and really working towards elevating all of our whiskeys. But there was this opportunity to take the, um, to kind of sew it all up in the same in in a in a kind of new product. We haven't done a lot of whiskeys that were explicitly aimed at a cocktail audience, mm. um, and so I think this one really kind of in a way is the first one that we've done um, that's more aimed at at mixology than, yes. than we, we normally do at Kings County. Right. Yeah. That's no, it's so good. And I, again, I can see uh, so many directions you could put this just neat. I'm having it neat. Put it on the rocks. Yeah. You could do it with a little cream, kind of a take on a Kahlua and cream, whatever it might be. You could put this beside a coffee. You could put this beside a cheesecake. You could, the options are endless. Or espresso martinis. Are you, you know, it's, it is interesting. The last three, four, five years, espresso martinis coming back. Did you ever think you'd see espresso martinis back like they are? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I did not. But um, but you know you see you see some of that um, in the sort of not necessarily in in our side of the alcohol right. business, but obviously there's sort of the Red Bull and vodka and sure. the Four Loco. <laughs> right. If you're old enough to remember that moment when the U.S. Congress banned Four Loco for being too much all around. Um, so you know there's always been a little bit of a like caffeine and alcohol uh, sure. sort of realm but but again not much nobody really trying to do a, a more sophisticated version of it and even within the sort of spirits that you might pull for that kind of thing um nothing quite like this uh, this i should give some credit to few i think 
few spirits in yeah. in Chicago does or in Evanston. They they do a coffee whiskey that's I think a little bit similar in process, um, but generally not. You know, this is um, not something that you can go to most local liquor stores and pick up a coffee whiskey. Right. You just don't see it. There are some, obviously there's a lot of flavored whiskeys out there and, and to each their own with, with those. But when you think about a, a distillery that that's, uh, that's known for what you're known for, you've done this so well in, in very small batches. You're, you're really, you're taking a really a, a, a large amount of whiskey and you probably have what a large amount of coffee that you're blending it. Are you letting it sit for a while before it's bottled out? Is that it'll steep for a little bit, but uh, really this is in a way, one of the first, we do some infused whiskeys like the grapefruit jalapeno mm -hmm. and a spiced whiskey. We do a chocolate whiskey. Um, <clears throat> because of the process of this, it doesn't really need to steep um, in, in the way that an infusion would need to steep. Right. So it's pretty much, it's, it's a sort of, we blend it to, to a recipe and we can scale it pretty quickly, which is another thing that's been uh, important for us as a small distillery is can we come up with a product that doesn't take time to produce in the way that our aged whiskeys do, or even some of our infused whiskeys do. How does, and, and if you're in, unless there's some, like, if there's something proprietary, we certainly don't want to reveal your secrets, but I'm trying to imagine a big, I don't know, container of coffee coming <laughs> over from your neighbors right. going, how does that look? I mean, what is that? Yeah, it's, it comes in a drum, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, I think we're, I think we're getting like 25 gallon drums, not even 45 gallon drums. drums. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we can blend it up in a tank. Usually it's, it's not a huge batch size either. I mean, um, we hope that this takes off and we start to do, you know, uh, 250 case batches. But right now we're doing um, 60 case batches, which is a is a pretty reasonable size. It's not a huge tank. It takes up, you know, it's it's. Uh, uh, yeah, but I don't know <laughs> your, your desk at work, you know, it's yeah. That size. yeah. It's uh, and that's that's incredible. So just to think that a lot of uh, brands of what whether it's spirits that have partnered with a local coffee roaster, whatever it might be, maybe they've gone across town. It's literally going across the Brooklyn Navy Yard. It's going right into your yeah. whiskey. It's happening right. all right there, which I think is just keeping it truly local and is fascinating. Right, and it's a collaboration. Which um, as a small business, we've started to to you know recognize that. You know, our own voice is somewhat limited. So things like Empire Rye, where we work with other distillers, nice. um, or the Marianne Eves Project, where we worked with uh, nice. outside of our um, universe. This is really in the same way. There's a lot of uh, businesses that serve parlor coffee at their restaurant. Why not also serve the coffee whiskey at their bar? You know, I mean, it's just it's a it's a it's a little bit of a. Um, a play that way that hopefully people will appreciate if they're serving parlor coffee, they've already made a choice to sp spend a little more money, go for the more, um, you know, uh, transparency and integrity. Um, but then here's a whiskey that meets those same criteria um, and, and has the same philosophy and values. So again, it's the new coffee whiskey, uh, Kings County distillery, and you can go onto their website uh it, it it's you ship to some states right or they can even find it in there yeah this one will ship to yeah. pretty much any state that will allow yeah. us to ship to yeah. it so that excludes maybe eight six to eight states but right. um yeah you can order it right now um i believe 45 dollars on our website beautiful stuff um just a cool whiskey to have in your collection i mean not again as you say flavored whiskeys there's a lot of them 
But, sure. um, you know, this <laughs> it goes beyond flavor. This is a certain. Right. Uh, coffee is, um, it's, you know, it's, it's an adult taste. And it so is. I think um, it's, it's not birthday cake whiskey. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's coffee whiskey. That's right. Though, uh, though we will, we will raise a toast. Colin just recently had a birthday, and cheers to you, man. I hope you had a <laughs> yes, thank you, good, good birthday. And and the number of years we're celebrating for Kings County this year for for your distilleries, how many? Uh, Thirteen for Kings County. Thirteen yeah. for Kings County. Your some yeah. of the oldest whiskey now is how old? Uh, twelve. We have a twelve-year barrel. Twelve-year barrel. Um, then, in terms of practical whiskey aging, we have some uh, a couple nine-year-old barrels, eight-year barrels. And so um, really seven years is when we start to have whiskey in volume. Um, and that's kind of the leading edge of the practical whiskey that we have available. So you have some you're holding on to to let age that are like nine, that are like 12. But some of the seven-year-old, I understand there's going to be a, uh, a release of the bottle and bond seven-year coming up. Yeah, so we, so we can, uh, the news is coming out tomorrow, but I can give you an exclusive here Thank you. Uh, at Bourbon Blog. Uh, so we, we do have a, yeah, the seven-year bottled and bond whiskey. Every year we come out with a bottled and bond. Um, and every year it sort of has come to, it, it has evolved in our portfolio to be kind of the age-stated whiskey that we release. Right. And so last year we did a six-year. This year we're taking barrels from the same distilling season but that are now seven years so um it's a, only about 100 cases um and so it will we'll send a little bit out to all of the markets that we cover um so everybody will have a chance to um get a bottle but sure. it um it'll be highly allocated um and we're releasing that at the distillery on wednesday july 15th mm. uh, i'm sorry july 12th very that right. Wednesday, July 12th. And um, it's a seven year bottled and bond. Um, and it'll retail for 125, which I, I mean, that may sound like a lot of money. Um, but for what this whiskey is, I think it is. I mean, last year, our bottled and bond, the six year won a double gold from the San Francisco World Spirits competition. Well done. So you have to imagine this is one year more mature than that one. And um, I think it is among the finest of the whiskeys that Kings County makes. And I, we have always designed our whiskeys to be very, you know, uh, uh, uncompromising. Right. So that's very exciting. And then that very same night at the distillery, July, Wednesday, July 12th, um, we had one barrel uh, of seven year um, that was, it was filled in November, 2015. And, Nearly the entirety of the barrel is a 53-gallon barrel. Uh, nearly the entirety of the barrel had leaked away. All but five bottles <clears throat> were that five bottles was all that was left. In five seven fifties. Five seven fifties. Yeah. And the proof had climbed to 158.6. Oh. So I don't know what that hey, is. It has been alcohol. Do the quick the quick math on that, but. Um, that's big. That's really a big. Were you yeah, surprised? Almost, almost 80% alcohol. <laughs> that's that's and huge. So we get a lot of inquiries. We've done some high proof barrels. Yeah. And so there is a, a sub audience within barrel strength fans for hazmat barrels. Yeah. We get inquiries all the time for hazmat barrels. Not every hazmat barrel is even all that drinkable. 
it takes a sort of unique hazmat barrel to be qualify as a single barrel. But the blending team of Ryan and Nathan flagged this barrel, said this one is really kind of uh, interesting and exceptional and yeah. there's only five bottles of it. So that night when we're releasing the seven-year bottled and bond, we're going to offer pours of the hazmat. So if you're so inclined to the very adventurous, you can Ooh. come in and, and taste the um, – uh, 158 proof or 80 percent alcohol whiskey, uh, and we'll give you a little certificate of completion. <laughs> it's fifty dollars pours. It's it's, but it's an experience, you know. Is there a name for that certification you have? Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be I survived the hazmat of I survived. Today. I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> this happens to be a really good barrel. A whole lot goes missing. Do you think there were some thirsty angels of Brooklyn that got into this? It happens to us all the time, and uh, yeah, I mean, for for whatever reason, um, we we do see really high 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 proof, and and we go and enter the barrel at one sixteen. Yeah. So this is not your Kentucky entry proof of one twenty five. This is a, a lower, slightly lower entry proof, and then it climbs all the way up to eighty percent alcohol over the course of its aging process. Now, yeah. most distillers would fold this into something else, right? Um, but you know, we kind of like. Uh, including people in the process and the behind the scenes. Sure. And so something like this, it's really wild. I mean, something so concentrated, so intense. Um, I mean, you can't really drink it as is. You have to add water. But just to have that one tiny little sip at full strength is enough Try to kind of piece. give you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do you, what did you think? I mean, when you're trying something that that high for this one what did you think when you tried it were you it's, it's again it's like you 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 get one little sip and then it kind You're of like, numbs your taste buds yeah, and so you you it, then you kind of dilute it down but, but there's a process of diluting it down right yeah. you can't even go um so add a little water try it again add a little water try it again and that that ends up being sort of the fun of it but so um, that'll be the night you're releasing the seven-year-old bottle to bond uh yeah. again what are, you're probably from what you're saying one of the best releases you think you've had for for a while as far as the older whiskeys yeah i mean we we do we do different whiskeys that appeal to different personalities sure. i mean when i say best whiskey you you we have a best whiskey if you're a barrel proof person we have a best oh. whiskey if you're an age dated person we have a best whiskey if you're a rye person um, we try to make really exceptional whiskeys for for a lot of different palettes um but yes. for those who are you know, inclined to like fine old Kentucky bourbon, um, our right. bottle bond is is closest that we make to that sort of flavor profile. So the news coming soon. You heard it here on bourbonblog.com first. And again, a special, another special announcement that very serious hazmat, uh, 158 proof. Will be available for uh, well, I guess how many pours will there be available if you're doing? There's, there's only eighty pours. So. Eighty pours, so you better be lining up the gatehouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'll we'll issue people, you know, sort of your place in line, so that um, when you do show up, will be um, those who come early will be guaranteed. And I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. So much to look forward to uh, it coming up. Obviously, you've had your blended. Um, whiskey out for a while in the blue label we love that we've poured that at a few events uh, in new jersey new york mm -hmm. not long mm -hmm. ago mm -hmm. people are loving that that's getting some good response as well yeah that's getting some good response and we've even found a way to even uh reduce the price a little bit on that so uh in most markets it'll be available for less than 50 dollars, which is Beautiful. um a new one for us i mean we we um have 
the constraints of being in New York City, but at the same time, um, we're a distiller and we have a lot of advantages when you control the entirety of the process. Um, so, uh, so we, we, you know, found some efficiencies in that, um, with that whiskey. And so that's another way that we can kind of reach a little bit of a broader audience. Um, but, you know, again, we try to make a little bit of whiskey for everybody and, and whether you're sort of, um, just want that kind of entry level price sensitive, um, American whiskey that's that's very different from Kentucky bourbon. Um, we have the blended bourbon, which uh, is a little lighter in profile, um, but certainly very, but still pot distilled, made according to all the ways that Kings County is differentiated with their open fermentation, pot distillation, uh, multiple barrel formats, um, multiple whiskeys in there. You have bourbon, you have rye whiskey, single malt whiskey in there, all blended together um, at, at two or more years. I get the question often. Tell me some of your favorite bourbons, favorite regions other than Kentucky. Of course, uh, New York is right up there as a state. Of course, we love what you do at Kings County. Uh, I think that New York bourbons and rise, of course, the Empire Rise, have become uh, more and more recognized and, and more and more popular mm -hmm. across the country, even internationally. What's that? Mm -hmm. What's that feel like for you? And what and 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 what is it? What has it been like as far as the last? 13 years, now you're seeing more and more whiskey enthusiasts getting excited about uh, New York whiskeys in general. Right. I mean, I think in the beginning, people were quite dismissive of anything outside of Kentucky. I mean, I right. don't think we were alone in that. But New York is perhaps culturally <laughs> furthest from Kentucky and therefore perhaps the hardest to swallow in terms of uh, of, a, of a whiskey whiskey making, but, but obviously New York is a very culinary city. It's a very, um, the, the cocktail culture is really rich in New York. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the spirits industry, um, happens in New York city, even if not necessarily all the distilling happens in New York city. And our idea was let's bring the distilling to New York city and, and right. interact with the people who are making cocktails and interact with the people who are going to the liquor stores and interested in those high-end whiskeys. And simultaneously, I think people have realized that even though there's a lot of different bottles out there from Kentucky distillers, you know, in a lot of cases, they're sharing barrels behind the scenes. There's not a lot of transparency. There's not a lot of differentiation, one brand to another in some instances. Right. So, you know, it's, it's very easy to sort of travel through Kentucky bourbon and come out on the other side and be interested in what's, what else is out there. And so we've started to see... Um, rye, which makes a lot of sense for, for New England and the mid-Atlantic uh, mid states. Yeah. Um, but Texas has its own sort of uh, characteristic of whiskeys where they, you have a lot of uh, hot days and cold nights and, and really sort of oak forward whiskeys from Texas. You got malt whiskeys from the Pacific Northwest, uh, Westland and Westward and, and Copper Works. So <clears throat> we're entering an era of increased regionality in American whiskey and the world is definitely watching. I mean, you look at sort of what people are um, aware of internationally. Um, they know a lot more about American whiskey sometimes than, <laughs> than American consumers uh, be because um, it's, it's so, I think there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of energy and passion and sort of, um, uh, yeah, just there's a lot of enthusiasm around what craft distillers are doing. And so that is is making its way uh, around the country, around the world. And at a certain point, it's it's impossible to ignore, which is great. Right. 
Yeah, no, it's it's true. Uh, love what you're doing there and what's happening in the world of all whiskeys and New York whiskeys. You you even landed as a uh, as a baseball player on the front of um a bottle recently, and uh, this is this is UK only. Is that right? I believe it is sold. Uh, well, it's right. a good question. I don't know. Yeah, we have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th this is a barrel of uh, Kings County peated bourbon. Yeah. Um, and and there was a project where uh, Adam Brands, uh, which is behind Boutique Whiskey Company, um, they were sort of soliciting a few barrels from a few different American producers. And we love our peated bourbon, but it it's in a way there's possibly more of an international audience for the peated bourbon right. than domestically because obviously so much scotch whiskey is peated and people understand that clearly enough. So um, so our idea was let's put this in, in sort of the market as a way to um, connect to that sort of older tradition of, of pot stilled and peated bourbon, peated whiskey. Um, so yeah, I think you can get it on Masters and Malt. You can get it through... Uh, some of the, the usual channels in England and Europe. Um, but that, that, that's a cool project. Uh, Distillery 291 was involved. Um, uh, a lot of great American craft distillers in that little series. Very cool indeed. Uh, everything you're doing there, we can't wait to try the, uh, the Bottle and Bond seven-year-old. I know everyone who's a coffee fan and who's a Kings County fan will uh, will enjoy uh, the coffee whiskey. So be watching for that uh, wherever you get Kings County whiskey. And Colin, always a pleasure seeing you. You have so many great uh, bottles there behind you. Uh, <laughs> are those are some of those uh, just little uh, both both ones we've seen and a little experiments that you've. Uh, well, I could I could point you to this. This is one of the first whiskeys I ever made. This is that's one of the first right whiskeys. there. Yeah, this is before we sort of refined everything. And you've, um, kept, you've kept it just in bottle just to remind yourself all those years. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a little bit of. Uh, I mean, I did, I wasn't always aiming to be a craft distiller. There was a time when I was. I mean, craft distilling didn't exist really, right. you know, fifteen years ago. So, so what were you looking to? Um, I had a slightly more <laughs> of a moonshiners approach, right. which is um, you don't tell people what you're doing and you sell everything under the table. And um, but you know, uh, but but I got really hooked on distilling. I thought that distilling ended up it was was kind of a fun, um, let's call it a hobby at that point. Um, but that's what got me interested in looking into becoming a professional distiller, and so then went that direction. I think this is the first four-year bourbon that we ever did, um, which was an exciting landmark to cross wow. the four-year threshold. That was the first um, Yeah, so that's out of a like five-gallon barrel. Um, now, most of the barrels that we use are 53s. We do some 30s, but um, uh, and in some of the whiskeys, we have 15-gallon barrels that are still left, um, but we haven't filled a 15 in four years. So we've changed a lot over the years, but in a way, I don't think our whiskeys have. I think they always have reflected um, that sort of creative, transparent, adventurous sort of spirit that, uh, you know, is a, part, is a part of New York City culture, is a part of New York City's restaurant culture and nightlife culture, um, and really, um, you know, has been a way, in a, in a way, kind of different from the commercial uh, American bourbon scene, which is much more industrialized and much more uh, commoditized. And so to be able to kind of 
step away from that and be more boutique in in a way in a in a sort of landscape where when we got started there weren't so many boutique distilleries but of course now you have great ones in kentucky and tennessee and, right. and new york so um so there's a there's a cool reorientation of the landscape of what people care about and what people are interested in um and it's exciting to be a part of that yeah it's a, no it, it is it's exciting to see what you've done how you've grown it and uh should probably ask any new books coming up. I would. I, I know you have so, so many that are out there. Are there any? There's a new book on the way, and it is a travelogue through American whiskey. But um, it is probably too early to say much more than that. But um, stay tuned, and probably in the spring of next year, we'll have more to talk about. Cool. Look forward to it. And of course, so many great books Colin already has. Be watching <coughs> that are already out there. How many total do you have out there right now? I know there's. Uh, this is there's the Guide to Urban Moonshine. Yeah. And then I also have. For those who are really interested in American whiskey, Dead Distillers. Yeah, Dead Distillers. This is a cool book that never quite gets the love it should. That's right. Um, uh, but the new book will be more about um, contemporary landscape of mostly just distillers. I like distillers. Uh, in distillers. addition to, I guess, going back to that conversation about being really excited to make moonshine, I came to really appreciate distilleries. And that's whether you're talking about wild turkey or you're talking about uh, Jack Daniel, or you're talking about Distillery 291, or or Westward. You know, right. there's there's so many different approaches to making whiskey, and I kind of love it all. And so, anyway, hopefully that will be a part of the new book. Can't wait. About a year from now, you'll be seeing that. Really looking at some of the uh, the new distilleries, the distillers uh, taking us through not just New York, but all throughout the uh, whole country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. Well done, Colin. Thanks for joining us on Bourbon Blog, and uh, good luck with all the upcoming releases. And uh, again, the coffee whiskey, a whole new way to have a whiskey and coffee in one, and it's already ready to go. Just yeah, you can buy it now on our website. So if you're remotely curious, spend the $45. It's, um, it's so good. I mean, this is uh, this is really tasty. I love it. It has a lot, yeah. probably some of the most complexity that I've ever had on something that is that is a, a spirit that's coffee yeah. for it. I love this. Yeah. A lot yeah. of great complexity. Thanks, Colin. Cheers. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. Thanks so 